0: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler.
1: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my esteemed host is with us as always, You know, between uh, Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders to be in the top 10%. You know, we've had our show now for 16 years. Kathy and I are both, you know, executive coaches, thought leaders in emotional intelligence, coaching, uh, strategic leadership. And how can you, if you're a leader, listener, be in the top 10%? We really focus on what top performers do to bring about their emotional brilliance which is the title of our new book, Emotional Brilliance, and How to Live a Stressless, Fearless Life. You can get it on Amazon. You can get it on Audible. And it really is all about in the moment is what we're calling you demonstrate your emotional brilliance. In the moment, you bring forth your hopefully your best leadership. And so that's what we're here to help you with is bringing about your best leadership. Leadership. What do you do in the, in the moment? How do you expand, improve, select the best emotional intelligence competencies and strengths to master the moment? And today we're going to talk about this phenomenon that's, that's new but old, uh, quiet quitting, quiet firing, the need for upgraded EI skills. So we'll tell you a little bit about uh, what that is. And what are some things that you can do and also maybe you know, you know, why we have this phenomena of quiet quitting, whether it's quiet quitting, quiet quiet firing, sometimes it's quiring dumping, you know, breaking up with somebody. So Kathy, before we jump into all this, welcome to the show.
2: Hi, Relly. I'm excited today to just have you and I for a change. It's like a Yes. I don't know. Are we having a podcast date? Is that what this is? a podcast date. That's how I'm yes. going to look at it. <laughs> okay. I, I I'm not it. doing a quiet quitting for those people who are, who are listening. Um, I'm, I'm, a, I'm attracted to this date. I want to be here. It's going to be fun. And uh, I just want to follow along. Some of the data and the research uh, that is out there on this subject is, uh, is, is pretty amazing. Uh, you know, as you said, Rally, this is this has been around Um, Actually, since uh, the concept of quiet quitting, since after uh, 2001, shortly after 9-11. And I'm sure we're going to get into all the reasoning behind what quiet quitting is, where it came from, its history, how it's impacting our quiet firing, our, um, I guess, our TikTok lives as well. It seems like there's many people... talking about this on TikTok, and I'm sure it also relates to other topics like the Great Resignation. But obviously, before we get into the show, um, I know you and I have uh, made a pact uh, that we're going to talk less about ourselves and more about our guests. Um, We don't have a guest today, (laughs) so I'm thinking, okay, what can we say about what we're up to that our podcast audience would like to know more about? And... um, I guess I'm going to go from there. I think many people would like to know uh, that you and I are actively integrating the Emotional Brilliance Academy into several different venues, uh, both as speakers uh, and as professional coaches. Uh, We're getting great traction in the marketplace. Um, Of course, with uh, law enforcement, we have been doing a lot of Emotional Brilliance training And uh, I I believe our audience could use the same training because whether you are quiet quitting, you are suffering from burnout, or you are trying to innovate and get insight into how you can be a better version of you, the Emotional Brains Academy can do that.
1: Right. There's so much uh, data that we have in there. So just to make sure that people know, if you go to www.emotionalbrilliance.com/academy. A lot of what Kathy's talking about, you know, are some of the uh, resources that we have. There is a, a free ebook there: 11 reasons why you need emotional intelligence, which is a background for Kathy and I. You know, Kathy, I just finished doing a um, supervision group for what's called the College of Executive Coaching, where we're both on faculty. And one of the people today was day one. uh, It's over eight weeks. Said, so why you know why this emotional intelligence? And and so I gave some of the rationale, which you and I already know. One, uh, it's easy to understand. You know, what do you know about yourself? How you manage yourself? What do you know about others? And then how do you manage them? So that's the realm. But two is the evidence base, and we're going to share some of the evidence. Uh, it's not only about emotional intelligence, but also how it ties to this. Yeah, it's like, not a new phenomenon, but maybe new wording about quiet um, quitting. So let me say a couple things about this, and then we'll jump into this. So it's a term that the social media has taken by storm, really just the last month or two. Um, there's been articles in Fortune and Washington Post, NPR, Harvard Business Review, New York Times, LinkedIn, Gallup, uh, about that. And you mentioned this, Kathy, uh, it may have first been seen on TikTok and there's a user called ZK Chillin and defines quiet quitting as you're still performing your duties but you're no longer subscribing to the hustle culture mentality that work has to be your life. So, you're doing the minimum to avoid burnout. And so we're going to get more into that, but then today, uh, Kathy and I will look at, you know, more what is it, what's some of the causes, and which EI skills can help you. And maybe we'll zoom into some of those from a how-to standpoint around self-awareness. could be stress tolerance, being assertive. So those are the things that we're going to, you know, zero in on. Kathy, let me just turn it back to you and, Uh, before we kind of get into a little bit more what it is and maybe why we have it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you and I have been talking about emotional and social intelligence now on this podcast uh, for, you know, as you said, um, quite some time. In fact, it's hard for me to actually... (laughs) You don't want, you don't want to actual, say the number, do you? I know, that it's like the number, it's like I can't believe the number. It's been a long time, it's but we're like, still having fun, and that's...
1: Right, what's but that? it's not like giving out your age. So we can say it's been 16 years. You and I started it yes. uh, in 2008, so it's been pretty amazing.
2: Yeah, and, and and to that amazement, in the time that we've been doing this, you know, we can go all the way back to the 18th century employer um, from a comment that I was reading by a gentleman from Cary Business School. Uh, also, you know, TikTok has a lot of um, followers um, uh, for Cary. And what he's basically talking about here is something that um, Bartley, the scriber, told his 18th century employer I would prefer not to, and it goes all the way up to those of us who know Seinfeld, George Costanza setting up a nap station beneath his desk in the 1990s, (laughs) which really was the antithesis for me of Quiet Quitting, Um, and everybody in the audience broadly understood that aspect of Costanza uh, as, you know, his retreat from not only the workplace, but workplace ambition, And this is not a new concept, right, by any stretch of the imagination. Relly, you've written, you know, immeasurable books on the subject of emotional intelligence and leadership. And, you know, you've used thousands of tools over the years with your students, whether it be at the College of Executive Coaching or your broad array of coaching clients, um, or in our new book, Emotional Brilliance. You know, we've both been using a terms that seem to recycle themselves like clothing from the 60s and 70s that we're seeing now <laughs> in mainstream America and I get a kick out of it but these are not new concepts but you know the alternative buzzword born on TikTok um you know uses this new word quiet quitting um but it's it's the scope of a national conversation And what I'd like to focus on for our audience today is what this phenomenon means, where it comes from, why now, and what we can do about it. And, you know, between all of our books, I think all in all, maybe 18 or 19 of them, if we include the e-books, we've got at least 25 or 26 collectively. And I think between the two of us, we've at least got 100 years of experience, and I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Yeah,
1: (laughs) close to it for sure. Well, so good. So, um, this idea of kind of why now, and it ties into, Kath, like you're saying, all the things we already talk about. And and I'm glad it's got this kind of little bit of new buzz because it's bringing up kind of the same things. And so, what, you know, some of the data that we know, you know, Gallup, most of us know as a pollster. And for people in our fields, their biggest um, part of their revenue is from their research, Gallup management. And so they found that fifty percent of the US workforce today is quiet quitting. And say part that of that may again. be synonymous with yes. engagement or yes, disengagement. Say that
2: say that number again, Riley. That's pretty that's pretty significant. Yeah.
1: I mean this is kinda of very current. Fifty percent of the US workforce is quiet quitting. So you know Gallup looks at uh engaged uh uh Actively engaged, engaged, actively disengaged. So I think they're looking at, uh, you know, putting those numbers together. What they have found is that there's been a drop to 32% of people who are engaged. It, you know, it had been around 34 and higher. But what's interesting is for employees under 35, these are the, are millennials and Generation Z, so the newer ones in the workforce that engaged employers is even less with this population. It dropped six points. Disengaged increased six points. So it dropped six points of who's engaged, and the more people are disengaged. And this is why this idea of quiet quitting, now on the positive side, it could mitigate burnout. And Kathy, you and I know about the people that we're dealing with all the time is burnout. And so it really is... What's the minimum that someone can do? So in, in corporate speak, it would be, hey, I'm meeting expectations. The engaged or highly engaged exceeds expectations. So we have a big part of the population, and it's because right. many of folks are so burnout, emotionally exhausted at work with everything, with the pandemic, do we go back, where is COVID, where's my family, it's such a burden for leaders because they're dealing with people who are emotionally exhausted if not burnout they don't have the energy to exceed expectations and on some level they're creating boundaries with this newer generation it's different than from the generation uh, x or with the boomers and the boomers you know, have been brought up on exceeding expectations. So let me kind of pause well, you know, there to get your input. Yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, so I kind of break it down into two definitions for for the audience that's listening. Um, this may make some sense for you because for me, I st- I started with how can something go from TikTok to the Wall Street Journal and the Harvard Business <laughs> Review. Like no, It's like, we don't usually make those connections, right? But for yeah. our audience, which is broad and, and encompasses all three of those venues, let me break it down. So to me, the term quiet quitting, which actually came out as a word in 2012, right? It was first published in 2012. And so that term quiet quitting has taken on a life of its own with multiple interpretations. But there is consensus that the quitting part is not literal, all right? So let's start there. Under any definition, quiet quitting means, as you said, remaining in one's workplace while not actively going above and beyond, okay? So we can accept that, okay? And I'm looking at my notes here if you hear the pages turning because I I went nuts on this subject. I must have like 10 notes, 10 pages in notes here. But what I want to get across is, that the concept of quiet quitting is resonating because the pandemic has been a time of reflection as people had the time to reassess their priorities, trying to figure out, okay, I'm going to work from home and I need a space. And my partner is also working from home and they need a space. And we have dogs and we have cats and we may have, you know, an array of other animals that make noise. We have to filter them out. Well, then that became acceptable. And then for some of these partners, there were children involved. And those children weren't going to school. So which partner was going to take the time to spend with the kids to make sure they were getting what they needed when they were also doing Zoom, right? So all this all this pandemic I'll, I'll just call it, for lack of a better word, volatile, uncertain, chaotic, and ambiguous environment, right, that VUCA word you and I love to use, created an opportunity for people to assess, right, where am I going to do my job, how can I do my job, what time of the day am I going to be able to do my job while well, I've also got to manage everybody around me. Now, for those of you who are lucky enough to be by yourself in a space, not concerned about anybody else, had other concerns, right? Being alone. And being alone also creates a reassessment period that allows you to reflect. But the reflection may not necessarily be on the characteristics and traits of the life values that you have in relationship to these other people you're sharing your space with, but it was definitely in relationship to those things in life that made you feel good about your purpose. So now we have that as a context, right? I just, I just want to just say that there were two themes, two themes came out of this. One was decelerating the career and ambition trajectory, which in some cases was a good thing for people. It had a positive. So quiet quitting had a positive theme That positive theme was, I want more out of life than I'm getting right now, and it had a negative theme for those people who were overwrought, and those were the people who were not happy with their jobs or their employers and had the time to think about that. So quiet quitting actually had a bifurcated into a positive for some and a negative for others. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, 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 and, and uh, you know, in that self-protective piece for the boundaries, and we'll we'll get into more of this. We're going to go to our our first break. So um, please come back. You're listening to Leadership Development News. We're focusing on quiet quitting. What is it, and what can you do about it? Come right back.
0: From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Icy Tech. Like the hard-working men and women that get up
1: every day and do their job. The ones that stop at nothing to make sure that it's done right. It's not just an effort. It's not just know-how. It's a way of life. Icy Tech has been with you since 1998. With the veteran community being behind you, we understand. With quality, with passion, we follow you in this way of life.
3: Icy Tech, for those who get it. Icy Tech is a proud sponsor of the Emotional Brilliance Academy, where e-learning is leading edge. How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted, evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you Balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership.
0: We're always talking business. Talk to
3: an expert. Call now. Toll
0: free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
2: having a delightful conversation, I'm calling it a, a podcast date, with uh, Raleigh Nadler and myself, Kathy Greenberg, and we're talking about quiet quitting. And I know Raleigh has done a yeoman's job of collecting major research uh, from across disciplines to talk about today, and I'm going to fill the gaps with some of the information I've been collecting from these ticks. TikTok <laughs> TikTok advocates <and> sharing. <laughs> this is, this
1: is um, the most I've heard you, you say TikTok ever. I know it's show.
2: crazy. I don't I listen uh, for those of you who who know me. I am not a big social media gal. You know, like I have two people that do my LinkedIn stuff, and um, for me, TikTok is something I I right. think is funny when I watch a Geico commercial. But you know, to be honest with you, it's not my thing. However. It is a way, right, for people to reach each other, and this quiet quitting has hit the right. billboards.
1: Um, so that's why we're. And, I that's why we're jumping on it. So, I'll say a little bit more of kind of what causes it, and then chime in. So, it's it's emotional exhaustion, burnout. I mean, that's on a continuum. You may be exhausted, but then it leads to burnout. And really, a lot of this is around, like Kathy was saying, is COVID nineteen, the Omicron. The, uh, we all have heightened emotions. So some of the research on stress in America study tells us 47% of people are experiencing anxiety, 40%, 44% sad. The key one here is 75% of us feel we could use more emotional support. Well, that's you, the listener. That's the leader. That's the parent. You know, we all want emotional support, and I think, Kathy, what you and the field we're in, sometimes the leaders we're dealing with, that's not their top skill, is emotional support. And that's why emotional intelligence comes in, that their direct reports and their teams are looking to them for that. And so that's why these EI skills are so important. And I'll mention kind of one other thing around this. Gallup has found that, you know, they have their Q12 questions, and that's the way they look for engagement. Well, these two questions, and this is over, they've been doing this data where they compare year after year after year, have had a 10-point drop. What are the two questions? 10-point drop. My manager cares about me. That's our listeners, if you're a leader manager. And the second one is, my manager encouraged development opportunities. And so what they found is it's the manager having one-on-one, consistent conversations with their employees about wh- about what about expectations, about their work, and how does it tie into the mission, vision, and that means you need to have one-on-ones. You can't keep changing them. And I know Kyle would be interested to hear from you. One of the questions I start off with now when I'm doing my coaching. So before we get started, how many meetings do you have today? With the pandemic, people who would, have, who would drive to work and could have a half hour, hour of thought time, now they're starting at 7 in the morning, and they're immediately on their computer. And now with the global focus and people in Europe and China, they may be going later. So people are on overwhelm and don't have the time to support themselves, let alone the people that they are leading.
2: Well, and and so this is one of the big issues that we have been talking about with regard to emotional brilliance, and that is empathy trumps everything right now. And if we have leaders and supervisors and managers of, of human beings, whether it's virtual or real, and they don't have empathy, they don't have empathy for themselves, let alone empathy for their people, they're <laughs> yeah. gonna miss out, right, they're gonna miss out on this opportunity to prevent anxiety from rising further. They're gonna prevent this nurturing that's required in today's Uh, work environment. And this is one of the biggest issues around quiet quitting. The less than positive aspect of quiet quitting is the part where people are just not happy with their job or their employer. And it may go from my job is awful. I don't like my company, so I'm going to quit. Putting in the effort, let alone, you know, anything else, but I'm going to keep my paycheck. And, and in this interpretation, people are doing the bare minimum, as you said, and perhaps a step short of actively trying to get fired, they're now not attending training. They're not attending formal and informal conversations with their boss, their manager, their supervisor. And when that behavior is ignored due to a lack of empathy on the part of the manager, the supervisor, whoever it is that's responsible for that team, you're actively, whether you know it or not, defining that moment for that person that you don't care. And when you stop caring, that quiet quitting is going to go right to quiet firing. And you may not know as the person who's on the receiving end of that, whether that quiet firing is intentional or not. But that's where the great resignation comes in, because now people are saying, well, if you don't care about me, even when I'm demonstrating my mindset is is not active, right? I'm not showing up for formal or informal conversations with you. Does that mean when you ignore me that you are actually quietly firing me? And so these things have an adverse effect on each other. So the first thing we need to make sure of, that we're doing in our process check here for what to do about quiet quitting is defining the intent and why, why is it critical for the person who's on your team to remain in the team? And if there are ways that you can shift this person's mindset to be more actively engaged, if they want to be more actively engaged, how do you unearth that? How do you unpack that yeah. and get them back in the game, right?
1: Yep, yep. Uh, so let's get into a little bit more uh, at some of the, the details because you brought up kind of one of the how-tos. Empathy is kind of a loaded word. It's like, oh, of course I got empathy, or what is empathy? Some of the data, and you may, as our listeners, you want want to think, are you – um low in empathy or are you high in empathy? Some of the research is senior leaders who are high in empathy show an increase in employee engagement and innovation as high as 76% compared wow. to if you are low in empathy, 32%. 76% if you're high in engagement and innovation, which really is your conversation. If you're low, 32%. And so, and Kat, I usually have to break this down with my folks and trying to be really um, very practical with them is, so what is empathy? Whenever they are talking, you want to pick out what I'm going to call the blinking word. It's the emotional word. And then say that word. And so it would be, sounds like you are very... What's the emotional word? Frustrated, challenged, sad, scary. you got to give it, and then you could say, tell me more about that. How are you dealing with it? If you can give Beautiful. that sense, you picked up the emotion, you're getting them to talk about it, going back, uh, Kat, what you said, and going back to the research, oh, my manager seems to care about me, which is down 10 points now. So that's a, a very a specific how-to, but it takes training. Practice with your team. Practice with your significant others. Can you pick up the emotional word, feed it back to them, and say, tell me more about it? How are you dealing with that? What's going on with that?
2: Yeah, and and for those of you who are uh, a little stuck on the idea uh, of of caring, Um, Let's be real here. Sometimes we approach these conversations um, with boundary conditions. Um, And so we want to start off by saying things like, well, I've been looking at your cyber surfing and I want you to know that I know that I have data here that you're not necessarily focused on your job all the time. Where is that going to take you? Like, where does that conversation go? Okay, so let's get real here. And, Riley, what you said is so powerful because it's just the self-awareness ticket here on how would you want to be treated? How would you like somebody to frame a conversation of collaboration to get you back in the game? How about something like, thank you for joining me today? Um, You know, how about just rebuilding a little trust? Um, like you said, you can also plug in the word, you seem to blank. Um, Did you enjoy blank? You know, a a way to start the conversation without necessarily even going after the feeling or the emotion that also might be challenging for them to, to even share with you, because if you're so disconnected from them as a team member or a leader, the first thing you want to get out in front of them is to build trust and to at least engage them at their own level, right? So you and I have so many options for them to choose from, um, and I'm sure you have lists of these. I know I have list, lists of them. Maybe what we can do following today's show is post um, some of this at our podcast site. Uh, and you know, give people an opportunity to to go download some of this right. stuff, whether it's in our ebooks or wherever. But yeah, I mean, what you just declared is such powerful stuff. And I and I think mm-hmm. one of the things that we need to really bring to light here in the time that we have with everybody today is: are people ready? You know, sometimes quiet quitting is about people being ready to make a grand exit. And is it a softer approach for people to go in a new career direction? Because if they're not overdoing the job they have, they're not going above and beyond, it's freeing them up to focus on another career or another option in their career. And maybe as the leader or the team member, we can also start to support that person's desires mm-hmm. for remaining on the job and in the workplace, right. but in a different role, right? Yep. So if we if we keep looking at what quiet quitting creates in terms of opportunity for a conversation, the way you described mm-hmm. it beautifully, articulated, is it also a, a conversation for are you ready for something new? What's next?
1: Mm-hmm. And that what you just said to underline that. What's next for you? What's what's on your career development? If you're not right. having that conversation with them, and again, it's your one-on-ones, and the research is saying minimum fifteen minutes in a week, ideally half hour to an hour, that you really need to connect with them. And I know, uh, Kat, you've seen this. Oh, I'm talking to them all day long, but if you ha- and it's usually around the issues, the task. If you have dedicated time where other things can enter, and the data we just shared from Gallup around career development, ideally you want them to have career development within your organization. And, Kat, like you're saying, if you're not having that conversation, they're going to look at career development outside of your organization, which is so critical. One of the things uh, that we talked about, the HBR article, and Zenger and Folkman we have really done great research. All their research is based on 360-degree feedback. Their article on HBR is, Quiet Quitting is about bad bosses, not bad employees. And some of their research, and you can think about this if you're the listener, if you are a top 10% manager, top 10% manager, that's why we like this EI model, because we know the things that Kat and I are sharing here, are how-to, how do you be a top 10%. Only 3% of their employees are quiet quitting, if you're a top 10% manager, 62% are giving extra effort. And in the organizational world, they're calling that discretionary effort. If you are a bottom 10%, 14% of your employees are quiet quitting, and only 20% are giving extra effort. So to repeat that, you want to be a top 10%, only 3% are quiet quitting. But 62% of your people, they are going above and beyond. And so you have to give them feedback and you have to give them reviews. And then, Kat, you talked about this whole idea, you know, of trust, which we can get a little deeper on.
2: And one of the things that I find fascinating is how many of you are listening right now and you're not thinking about the positive way to approach this. You're, you're caught up in words like career coasting and boundary balancing and revenge recalibrating and cyber loafing. And isn't it interesting how the brain goes to the negative equation on quiet quitting versus looking at, well, why would I be career coasting? boundary balancing, those are actually positive things in the context of deaccelerating a career or decelerating a career because you want more time with your loved ones and your family life. Look, you know, as a woman uh, and as a single mom, when I was at one of the world's largest consulting firms, Accenture, for many, many years, there were times where I had to boundary balance where I had to say, look, I need this time because I'm a single mom. And it didn't mean that I was quietly quitting, and it didn't mean that I was part of this phenomenon of wanting to, you know, get more for less on the job or taking advantage of of my training uh, to go do another role. It was, I just need the time, people. I just need to catch up with myself. So we'll be right back. Don't go away. We're going to talk about mindset, outlook, and emotional intelligence. So come right back. We're talking about quiet quitting, among other things.
0: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
3: How can you be brilliant in the moment, given the daily challenges you face at work and home? How can you enhance your strengths and limit your weaknesses? Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler's mission is to help people be the best version of themselves at work and at home with simple, trusted evidence-based tips and tools. They have combined forces, applying the powerful science of emotional and social intelligence with the latest in e-learning and AI technology to bring you the Emotional Brilliance Academy. Through the leading Emotional Brilliance Academy programs, they help everyday leaders like you balance your emotions to better connect with people, enhance top performance, lead your teams, and your organization. The Emotional Brilliance Academy gives you a common-sense approach to enhance your effectiveness and happiness both on and off the job. Sign up for the program, enhance your skills, and be your best self. For a free trial, go to freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. That's freetrial.emotionalbrilliance.com. EBA is powered by Fearless Leaders Group, the H2C Leadership Foundation, and True North Leadership.
2: Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at leadershipforuminc.com. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me
3: live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America
0: Now, let's get back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practice of Top Performers, and we're talking about how you can be a top performer with helping people with the quiet quitting. We also have kind of quiet firing, which often people don't want to have these uncomfortable conversations, and they aren't giving feedback, and they're just hoping that the person yeah, they deny the promotion and hoping that the person just kind of goes on their own. And what can you, you do about with all the stress? Like we said, people are looking to you, the leader, the parent, to help them because every all our emotions are heightened. Everything is more, and all these emotions, as we mentioned earlier. So we want to talk a little bit about stress tolerance, which is one of the uh, competencies, especially in the emotional quotient inventory assessment, that you can assess your emotional intelligence that both Kathy and I use. And it's really a effective coping mechanisms with all this stress and chaos swirling around you. How do you find calm and maintaining control? You, Kat, you mentioned attitude. How can you be optimistic towards the change? And how do you stay stable? and relax? How do you perform under pressure? And maybe we can both kind of give some examples with some of the populations. You know, you with a uh, uh, expertise in law enforcement and military, I can give some examples around healthcare and some of the other leaders we're coaching. So yeah, with that stress tolerance, I know, Kat, you're, you're training these folks uh, who are so valuable to us uh, serving our country. What are some of the tips around stress tolerance that that you're able to pass on to them?
2: Well, you know, one of the things that you and I do, uh, just a matter of, uh, of of course throughout the year, is we teach the EQI certification programs using the MHS EQI 2.0 suite of tools. And having just come out of a week-long uh, training program that I did for a group of wonderful law enforcement professionals uh, out west from Montana and Idaho, The biggest issue right now in tolerating stress in law enforcement, as you can imagine, is the constant barrage of bad news. Every headline in any news medium, the news medium, whether it's social, whether it's, uh, you know, a a mainline magazine, uh, Mm -hmm. is negative leads, bleeding leads. And so... Anything that happens in law enforcement is top of mind because here's why. We place a high degree of value on our safety. And as you recall during COVID, the first people that got our barbs were the healthcare providers. Doctors weren't doing enough, nurses weren't doing enough. And as you know, in the healthcare industry, burnout was rampant. And there was a high degree even of suicide among these people treating us during the pandemic. Well, as soon as that group was targeted, they turned around and went right after their second icon of safety, which are the men and women who wear the cloth of our nation, whether it's a badge, a gun, or a vehicle that has the emblem of their agency. And it's a psychological stigma when safety cannot be delivered, so when healthcare can't deliver safety, when law enforcement or the military, given the terrorist attacks and what's going on in the Ukraine and everywhere around the world right now, you look at the buildup of uh, of the the war power. Right, you hear about arms dealers in Taiwan. I mean, it could go on. The reality is, our safety is now at risk. So stress tolerance is so important for all of us, but in particular healthcare and law enforcement, because they are the people who are getting the most negative feedback because they're the ones that are getting touched by the public, and they are the ones that the public is seeing in the eye of social media. So stress tolerance, when it's low, looks like, lacking or ineffective coping mechanisms, you become hyperreactive, hypervigilant, you become fearful of taking action. And you see these pictures of people freezing on the job, especially in law enforcement. We've seen it uh, at the Parkland shooting. We've seen it recently with uh, a couple of, uh, of recent social media posts about law enforcement, people freezing. So you have a high anxiety level when there's stress tolerance. When stress tolerance is high, you get that effective coping mechanism and you'll see in some instances the use of gallows humor, but it's a way of coping with that situation and relieving the stress. There's a sense of calm and maintaining control where the individuals interact in balance with what's coming at them. It's not just let me turn on my body cam, and make sure that I capture all of this. It does the officer in charge of the situation, does the military professional in charge of the situation, really understand that they have to have a modicum of empathy, a modicum of optimism towards the individuals they're working with to engage them to get change to occur, and then the stability and and that relaxed feeling you get when somebody is trying to really aid and assist. And so that leads to what we might call maintaining influence over the situation without escalating. And in some instances, people call that de-escalation. Well, we can use all of these things at work every day, regardless of whether we carry a badge or a stethoscope. The important thing to, to remember with stress tolerance is when you see somebody that is behaving in a way that appears to be in any way, shape, or form pulling away from rather than coming towards a solution set, check in on that. What is the stress tolerance of that person you're dealing with so that you can make them the best version of themselves you can just by asking the powerful questions you introduced earlier, it, there's some simple stuff here that we're forgetting to do.
1: Yeah, that's so helpful. Uh, and under stress, under pressure, we know the brain uh, eliminates those things, and we all have that tunnel vision. You know, we've all with the EI model. We've talked about the amygdala hijack, where where you know it's it's uh, fight, flight, faint, um, and you're... Moving forward, not moving forward with all your IQ points. So we talk about that a lot, and I'm sure you do, Cat. Also, in regards to the healthcare, just to give examples, um, one would be what's your what we call your readiness ritual. It could be two or three minutes before entering the room with a patient. It could be the readiness ritual, like you're talking with law enforcement. You know, before they get to uh, a site you know, that it demands their attention. And that's where simple things, you know, a lot of times we call these micro initiatives that can have macro impacts. You know, you're breathing. What do you say to yourself? How do you calm yourself down? What's your readiness ritual um, that is so important, you know, for each person to be able to have that? And I think then as you are, let's say, in healthcare, some of the research is showing to minimize burnout, because burnout, as Kat, you were saying, is so uh, prevalent. You know, one physician a day is committing suicide in the U.S. Because of, because of burnout. And so these ideas of the, you know, readiness rituals, what is it that they can be doing? Um, some of the research is showing in conversation, if you lead a team, and this is from the Mayo Clinic, do you know... What are your people's sweet spot? What gives them energy? And even asking the questions in your one-on-one. So what gives you the most energy during your day? And so some of the data is showing on the front line in healthcare, if someone is doing what they love to do, which actually often is with patients, 20% of the time, only 20% of the time. Well, if you're leading people, do you know what gives them the most energy? And can you help navigate so they're doing 20% of their day or can, you know, you have people who report to you. How do you get them to do a little bit more because now you know other people's strengths? So we love this metaphor that we first uh, heard uh, in some of our past interviews. Do you know your people as checkers? or do you know them as chess players? What's their sweet spot? What gives them the most energy? You don't have to be a mind reader. You ask them in your one-on-ones. That's another question aside from the career development, aside from being empathy. Those That focus is so valuable. It doesn't take much time.
2: Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, as, as, as a takeaway for, you know, today's phase of our approach to these headlines of quiet quitting, um, the great resignation, the quiet firing, which we're going to continue to do in our podcast over the next uh, month or so. So I want everybody to come back, um, you know, the next few Mondays to listen. One of the things, the readiness rituals, finding people's sweet spots, what gives them energy is the best counterbalance to what the words quiet quitting can stir up. Think about that. Internal tension, especially for high achievers. And uh, uh, scaling back in in the mind of somebody who who is a high achiever, that's going to impact their self-esteem as well as disappointing their colleagues. And so when we think about people who are still doing their job and they're dealing with the quiet quitters or the downside of the quiet quitter, not the person who's rebalancing, but the person who is using the company, the company resources and the company, um, you know, kind of, if you will, talent investments and getting a paycheck while they're pulling back the damage that they're doing to others. So getting that early and Spending that informal time with those people to pull them back in, to help them look for more opportunities for education, for access to training, and for promotion by doing exactly what you said, Relly, asking people what gives them energy, such a simple thing to do. And without that, just think of the stir that's going to happen inside that team, when the high achievers are having to deal with the internal tension of what the quiet quitters are causing. So this is when leadership becomes ever more important for everybody on the team. And, that,
1: and that's been our, our focus over the last 16 years and even more now, Kathy, you know, that the people that you're dealing with are on overwhelm. They are exhausted too much change, too much change. I I can't think anymore about this. And that's why, from the protective stance of quiet quitting, you know, I I need some boundaries. I need to recharge. So another question, do you know this with your people, what recharges them the most? What's the best way to motivate them? These are questions. We'll continue with this as we move forward around quiet quitting, quiet firing quiet dumping, um, you know, what's behind that, and we'll give you some more skills to help uh, you and the people that report to you to be your best. So, Kat, I'll let you bring us home.
2: Yeah, I yeah, can't wait for more. I just want to thank everybody for tuning in today to tune up your emotional brilliance, and we look forward to uh, to practicing more of these wonderful, emotionally brilliant skills with you. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon. Stay tuned.